Good morning. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance. We're in the next 15 minutes. I bet I can get you excited about investing. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. Happy Friday, everybody out there. We have had a wild, wild week. We've had the world's biggest fraud. We've had rent come down in price. We've had volatility in the stock market. We've had lots of stuff this week, okay? This is, I think next week's Thanksgiving, right? This is the week before Thanksgiving. Now, typically, typically, November and November, November, I have no idea where that F came from, November, uh, November and December have historically been pretty good months for the stock market, okay? So I am hopeful. I don't know if it's just the holiday seasons and people are spending money. That's probably exactly what it is, uh, but it's it's usually some good months, okay? So we can, uh, we can be confident that at the very least, I don't think we're going to be seeing you know, a 20% dip or anything, okay? So there's going to be at least some consistency that we have here. But before we get into the news... Uh, we are going to do the term of the day. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, okay, today's term is principal trading firm, or PTF for short. And it goes like this. Have you ever wondered what happens when you buy or sell a stock through a stock broker? Trading is as simple as clicking a mouse, but it is actually quite complicated behind the scenes. When entering an equity order on your computer or through your broker, you are, on some occasions, trading with another person through an exchange. On other occasions, you are only making a trade with your broker. These two main types of trades are known as a principal and an agent transaction. Principal trades involve a brokerage's own inventory of securities, while agency trading involves trading with another investor, potentially at another brokerage. Okay, so that didn't exactly give... That was more of a brief description than a definition. Uh, but just remember, principal trading firm, I would think about that in the terms of a broker. Okay. And also, actually, let me give you guys some clarification. So when I first got into this industry, I don't know, seven years ago now, eight years ago, one of the big things that I noticed was asking questions was a bad thing. Okay. So I worked for a large broker dealer uh, who was also an insurance firm. I don't want to say their name because I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, But some of you guys probably already know uh, who they are. And I noticed that asking questions was not my place. Why are you asking that question? Don't worry about that. That's no, no, no. You don't need to worry about that. Okay. That's not your job. All you need to do is sell annuities and sell life insurance. I'm like, what? Why? If I'm going to be good at this job, I need to understand the ins and outs. I'm a why guy. Okay. My dad's a why guy. I'm a why guy. I want to understand why. Okay. If I can understand the why of something, I am 95% more likely to want to be really good at it. Like if I, if I can understand it or if I try to understand it, I am 95% more likely to be good at it. And I think that's true for humans across the board. Uh, but some people aren't interested in the why. So the reason I bring that up is because even these advisors that I was working with, these 30, 40 year career advisors, they didn't really know what a broker dealer was or a custodian. Okay, or a principal trading firm. A lot of these people who are experts with money don't really know the behind the scenes movements. Okay, you would think if you hire an advisor, he knows every step of where the money goes from your pocket or your IRA, just basically from you, right? From your pocket into the investment account. You would think they know every step, but that's not the case. A lot of these people have no idea and they're not interested in knowing. And that was always a really big red flag for me. So if these terms seem confusing, it's because they are. 
Even advisors don't know them. Okay. But all I want you to think about with this is you have an advisor. That advisor doesn't actually hold any money. Okay. His broker dealer does or his custodian does. Now a broker dealer employs the advisor. A custodian works with the advisor. I hope that makes sense. It's a little bit confusing, but um, custodians, typically you have a relationship with RIAs. Okay, and RIAs are fiduciaries, which is who I tell you guys to work with. Okay, enough of that rant. Let's get to the news here. Uh, what is happening? U.S. stock futures are rising ahead of more corporate earnings, fresh housing data, and comments from Fed officials on interest rates. Yesterday, markets finished lower after St. Louis Federal Reserve President James Bullard said that the central bank needs to keep raising interest rates to cool inflation, possibly as high as 7%. The S&P lost 0.3%, while the Nasdaq lost 0.4%, and the Dow was flat. Treasury yields rose. Treasury, geez, what is up with my words today? Uh, Treasury yields rose with the 10-year yield now at 3.8%. The two-year Treasury note yields 4.9 per, 4.49%. Uh, guys, that's pretty good. Historically, I think we haven't seen good rates like that since maybe the 80s. Uh, I guess I actually don't know what they did in the 90s. I just know in the 2000s they really, they really. Uh, Treasury yields were not were not impressive. Uh, the dollar rose as Treasury yields increased, and the British pound fell. And the UK government unveiled new tax increases and spending cuts as part of its latest budget update. The pound fell about 0.4 percent, while the US dollar was up 0.4 percent. Oil prices fell with demand squeezing by mounting cases of COVID-19 in China. Light Swede crude is now at 81.38 per barrel. Look, I like that. I remember when it used to be at $48 a barrel. And I also remember when it was at $111 a barrel. So uh, I guess we have some sort of nice middle here. Uh, Today, the National Association of Realtors will report on existing home sales for October. The consensus estimate is for an annual rate of 4.36 million sales, down 7.5% from September. The median existing home sold for 384,000 in September, up 8.4% from a year ago. The conference board was also the conference board will also release its leading economic data for October. Economists expect a 0.4% monthly decline matching September. The index has fallen for most of this year and the conference board now sees 2022 GDP growth at a sluggish 1.5%. Okay, so not much really going on. I would say that's pretty consistent. Um, let's get into these headlines here. This is where, let me do the two that aren't that impressive, and then we'll talk about the really big one. Okay, so shares of Gap, GPS, popped 10% after the company returned to profitability and beat analyst estimates for revenue. Gap also gave a cautious outlook for the holiday season. Uh, guys, look, we if you guys are a millennial, you all remember Gap. Gap had some of, I don't know, maybe this was just me and my friends, but Gap, American Eagle, Aeropostale, um, there's one more, I can't remember what it is, Abercrombie & Fitch. Maybe not Aeropostale. I think that was a female brand, but maybe not. I don't remember. But we lived in a small town in Arizona where like that stuff was all California. So if you got that, you were the cool kid. And Gap always had great commercials. And so I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, I remember Gap. I haven't been in a Gap in 10 years, but I thought that was interesting. Okay, GM said it expects, ex- expects its electric vehicles will be profitable in 2025 with recently enacted federal subsidies. GM CEO Mary Barra said federal subsidies could add 3500 to 5500 per vehicle to pre-tax profits for GM vehicles. Uh, okay, why is that? Why is that important? We love electric vehicles here, not necessarily because we think they're the answer to the world's problems, but because everybody else does. Okay, and if everybody else thinks something's going to happen, that's where the money goes. That's an interesting thing to pay attention to. 
Uh, last one, biggest one. I have I have a story I want to cover, or I want to talk about rent. But this headline, honestly, we might not even get to talk about rent. Look, rent is lowering. Okay, I saw that. Let me let me just briefly cover it so we can talk about this big headline that I want to talk to. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where are you? Where are you? Okay, rent. A key component of CPI begins to ease. Rent makes up an outsized proportion of the CPI and have, and have contributed to decades high inflation levels over the years. Overall, shelter makes up about 32% of the index, the CPI. However, rents are finally dropping according to a new report from Realtor.com. According to the site, median monthly rents fell in October, hitting 1747 nationally. Median rents were down about $25 a month from September and $47 from their peak in July, while the retail prices were still up 4.7% year over year. October had the lowest jump in rental prices in 18 months. Uh, okay, I thought that was interesting just because a lot of people rent. Look, I rent. Okay, I think my household rent is like 2045 I think something around there. I'm a big believer you don't own a house until you're ready to like take care of it. Okay. When you own something, there's responsibility. When you rent, there's no responsibility. My, my thought process was I already deal with millions of dollars. I already deal with client money. Like, why would I put more burden on myself? It's the same thing with like a dog. Yeah, I want a dog, but I already have enough responsibility right now. So maybe when I get married or maybe if it becomes such a good deal, I can't avoid it. I will buy but renting just makes so much sense. Your best ability is your availability. And if you're available to get up and go at any time, that's pretty powerful to me. And it also gives me a little peace of mind. Um, but not everybody's that way, right? Not everybody is that way. And rent is unbelievably high. And it just depends upon what you value. Okay, guys, let's talk about the news that everybody's probably like, what's going on with that? Okay, we all have heard of this crypto uh, corruption CEO living in the Bahamas, living with his eight boyfriends and girlfriends in one house. They all have three-letter designations at his company. Uh, the FTX scandal. Okay, FTX is a crypto trading platform, and the CEO's name is John Ray. So let me just read this headline. It's very brief, and then we will. Is that two, three? Where's four? Just four. Yeah. Let me just read this brief one, and we will go from there. Uh, new FTX CEO. John Ray blasted flawed oversight and a lack of corporate controls at the bankrupt crypto exchange in a new U.S. court filing. Never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information as occurred here. Okay, so this is a really, really big deal um, because this is probably the world's biggest financial scandal ever, like in the history of the world. That's like a really bold statement. And I think there's no other way to describe how this whole situation happened. So the original, and if, if, if I'm pausing a lot, guys, that's because it, this is so unfathomably, 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 there we go. Um, it, it's so big. It is confusing to me how this happened. So this guy, uh, Sam Bankman Freed or Fried, I don't know exactly what his name is. He is the CEO of, or he was the founder and CEO of FTX. And there's a whole bunch of conspiracy theories around him, tons. His parents are Stanford law professors and lawyers. Uh, his professor was like the head, some major role in the Fed. I'm pretty sure it was the Fed. 
don't quote me on that, but there's just a bunch of relationships and connections that don't look good. It might even have been the IRS. I'm not sure which, where the, his professor was working, but all these people helped him create this company. Okay, cool. That's great. Exciting, right? Well, now after all this corruption, apparently $600 million has been stolen. Okay. And they claim theft, so who knows? I thought crypto was supposed to be the safest investment there was. It could be tracked. I guess none of that's really true. So what ended up being the case was this guy was borrowing money from his own company. He was breaking uh, SEC rules of Chinese walls. A Chinese wall is where if you have, like, so for example, um, at a broker dealer, a broker dealer, so me, I can't have my investment people. So say I have investment and an analyst team who's they're they're like dissecting companies and they know insider information. They know things that the general public can't. There's a fake Chinese imaginary wall in between him and my advisors. So like my sales team can't know what my analyst team knows as far as the inside scoop on stuff. They can get marketing material and they can say, hey, you should look at these five companies, but you can't be... Uh, coercing because there's inside information with that data. And so with this company, he apparently broke like six or seven walls, which means six or seven different segments of his company were never supposed to associate with each other at work or really outside of work, technically. <coughs> Excuse me. So he broke that. Uh, two, all of those, all of those uh, different roles that were behind these Chinese walls, they were supposed to have individual three-letter managers, for example, and he was, there was none of that. He was the only guy in charge of all those funds, all that information. That's extremely corrupt. Uh, and second, he was borrowing money from the firm. The firm was just giving him money. And this is where it gets kind of iffy. And I don't want to say, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be political on this podcast ever. Um, so don't take just because I mentioned one side that I'm ostracizing it. Okay. It's very, it would be, this would be suspicious if he gave it to any party. But it's weird that a lot of Democrats are donating or putting their money in FTX. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. And then the CEO is taking those funds, not his own money, and then putting it back in the Democratic campaigns, which is very illegal. That is extremely illegal. Uh, so that's a concerning, concerning thing. And the, the reason it bothers me, it, honestly, it wouldn't even bother me if it was just like, oh yeah, I'm a Democrat. Like this is who I support. Like I get that. I would be the same thing with the Republican party, but he claims to be, I can't remember what the term is, but Jeff Bezos claims to be this too. Like they, they will use their money to better the world. They will do all the things needed to better the world. And it turns out that that's not the case. What he thinks will better the world, he's going to use everybody else's money to do it. So it was illegal to take the Democratic people's money, put it in the company, then him take that exact money and put it back into the Democratic committee. That is not legal. Uh, sec second, he was also taking just normal people's money. It turned out that people who bought Bitcoin through FTX, there was never like a separate account. They just all bundled it in one giant account. So they commingled funds. Yeah, this stuff is extremely, extremely illegal and extremely confusing. Uh, and the weirdest part was him and his team, whatever, whatever you want to call it, his team, I'm not sure. They were in a polyamorous relationship in the Bahamas in one house. 
Okay, and they would send each other texts about uh, writing things off for their expense reports. Hey, I'm going to buy this yacht. Can I write it off? And they would send a pirate emoji to confirm yes. Okay, this is like a bunch of children in a dorm who there's a storm outside and they never left. They just get wild and wonky and weird with each other. Okay, they're all they're in a romantic relationship. They're spending other people's money. They don't have any auditing practices. They're not keeping track of people's funds. They're commingling people's funds. They're spending more money than they have. They're donating money that they shouldn't be donating things to. It's literally the list can go on and on and on. And I I am I am torn because I think this is the writing on the wall that Warren Buffett was talking about. Crypto is not a good investment as far as long-term projects go. There is no use case, okay? One Bitcoin does not make 10 Bitcoins. It just is. It's only, it, he, Warren Buffett says it like this. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, it's, someone will pay 50000 for it, but is it worth 50000 And the reporter said, well, yeah, people are buying it. And he goes, look, if I have a golden turd and you're willing to pay $20,000 for it, that's fine. Here you go. But it's still a turd. And eventually someone's going to be left with a turd. And that's true. Eventually there will be no real value in it. Um, now I still, I still do think that there is potential here in the next five, 10 years to get a use case for Bitcoin, for Ethereum, for some of these coins. And I've even, I've even backed some meme coins on here because I thought it was fun. And I made a lot of money off of these meme coins. And so did a couple of my you know friends and people that I told to invest in. But it wasn't, it was like a hundred bucks. You know, we're not talking, put your retirement in like these people are. These people are putting individuals retirement in. It is very, very dangerous. And Warren Buffett sort of saw the writing on the wall with that. So uh, guys, I am way over my time. I just got on a rant. Uh, Oh, real quick. I got to keep going because I'm not even done yet. The new FTX CEO Okay, he was he is like world famous for going into companies that are just butt side up. Okay, they're like totally all messed up. He is famous for going into these companies and just finding all the problems. Okay, so that was what the headline was. I'll read it again. New FTX CEO John Ray blasted flawed oversight and a lack of corporate controls at the bankrupt crypto exchange in a new US court filing. Quote unquote, unquote here, never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information as occurred here. Okay, we have seen some really, really bad companies in the past, and I can't remember which one he is specifically involved with, uh, Sirion or some something like that. I, I can't remember which one, but that company was extremely corrupt in the 90s or 80s. And so here he is coming in trying to just find all of this nonsense and he's never in his history of doing this job seen something as bad as this that's pretty wild that's like a that's like a career cop saying i've never seen a crime scene like this so he's got 40 years of experience seeing crime scenes and this is the worst one that is crazy and this guy is going to have a lot of people coming after him i'm not sure he's going to live I am not sure if he's re- if he's going to make it to even go to a go to court. If he does, I, I I will be impressed because that means he has good people around him. Uh, but clearly not good enough to get his head out of his rear end because this is wild that he did this. I don't know how you have so you have such a lack of empathy 
and concern for your clients. And although he probably didn't view people as clients, he probably viewed them as customers. It doesn't really matter. You're handling people's money. So we'll end on that one. This is the longest podcast we've ever done. Um, on that note, guys, no one cares more about your money than you. Okay. Find an advisor who will be second. Okay. Find someone who cares about your money just a little less than you. Okay. That's how you're going to be successful working with an advisor. Uh, Guys, as always, invest early, invest often. We will see you next time. Hope you guys have a great weekend.